there's a brief lull. The clouds have given way, and a calm is upon us. Now is the time to rest and learn. This is the Eye of the Storm. Hey everybody, and welcome back to an exciting episode of Eye of the Storm. I'm DM Drew, and today we're going to be talking about a rather special topic when you guys get to take all of the little tidbits and knowledge back home with you where you can decide how to play with your kids. So today's special episode is going to be how to play Dungeons and Dragons with the Wii Ones. Yes, your little geek spawnlings and how to make the game more adaptable for them and how to have some fun doing it. So back again today, we have our very own Changeling Ranger, Pock. Hey guys, how's it going? And also we have some special guests. We have Chad and Ashley. Hello. Hi. <laughs> now, Chad, what is it that brings you to the world of Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role playing? And how do you really kind of like fit it into your life? Oh, man. So, sorry. It's, uh, it's a hard one. It <laughs> goes back. So, I am, I'm kind of like one of the, I don't want to say I'm one of those new age players. Um, I've been playing. Dungeons and Dragons tabletop RPG for about six years, but most of that's just been a, uh, a DM. But I grew up playing like uh, Baldur's Gate uh, on the PC and stuff. But that was my first exposure to that. Um, so I've always had that uh, that in my heart, and uh, now I'm glad to uh, be a DM and, and bring that uh, all those years to the table finally. <laughs> And Ashley, how about how about yourself? Awesome. Um, he talked me into it. <laughs> <laughs> he promised cookies. Uh, every good times. <laughs> mm-hmm. He he played for a couple years before he finally talked me into it, but and is he it, did, and now it's like taken over my whole life. I think okay, she's good. she's surpassed me uh, uh, at this rate. Mm. So it's it's not a choice that you regret. <laughs> no, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dungeons and Dragons, or really any kind of roll top playing game, roll top, what am I doing? Roll, tabletop role playing game, uh, that you're going to be inviting uh, some, you know, smaller people and uh, making the game more adaptable to them. So, I mean, what is it exactly that you would do to make the games, you know, more accessible. Well, <laughs> I'll let you guys start. Go ahead. So how old are your um, kids? We have a 10 year old son and a seven year old daughter. And we have started playing with them um, with the starter kit and the essential kit is what we play with. And they're, they're so into it. Um, and we haven't really like taken like simplified it at all for them um we didn't let them go like you know wizard with spells and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. to start off with but um we haven't really 
taken it back. We use it a lot, uh, especially for our our youngest. We use it a lot uh, as a learning tool uh, mathematically for her with all the addition and subtraction and things like that. So, you know, we kind of use it as an opportunity. All right. Yeah, I've... My daughter's a little bit younger. She's she's five. And our recent games, I kind of control her character sheet, but I let her know the numbers that she's got to get to to do certain things. And then as she starts getting more comfortable with that, then she'll start us- utilizing her, her character sheet more. But everything that went into making her character, that was all her. <laughs> now, I mean, I myself do not have any kids that I know of. And it's more the experience of older high schooler kids that I actually like run games for. So a lot of them have had more of the experience of, you know, getting into the game, reading up on the game, basic math skills are hopefully there. And I mean, is there anything that you try to intrigue them with, you know, possibly, you know, tell them like, you're going to cast spells, you're going to be like Harry Potter, it's going to be amazing. Um, our daughter, she likes animals more than people in real life. And so when we told her she could talk to animals in the game, like that was like all they want to do is get a pet wolf and a pet unicorn. <laughs> That's their whole goal <laughs> for the whole campaign. Um, so hers is really with that. With With my daughter, she's big into superheroes and... Um, She-Ra and stuff like that. So when we first started playing role-playing games, she wanted to be kind of a, her version of Spider-Gwen. So I gave her like some web powers that like correlated to a spellcasting ability. And then, you know, just all the stuff that Spider-Climb, you know, so she could ride, uh, walk on walls. And she basically takes all the pop culture that she's into and kind of a, moves it into the game, which is pretty fun for me. It's kind of nifty. I like that. Now, is is the idea of, like, presenting enemies to, you know, children in the game more of a, you know, controversial type of topic? Because, I mean, if they're going to be facing down some big baddies, you know, the, the biggest thing with D&D that everyone loves is, like, murder hoboing and just the hack and slash. So, is the idea and concept of presenting, like, no, he's he's dead. I mean, is that going to be, like, is that ever an issue? Uh, not for us. I'm probably a horrible parent. Like, <laughs> my son, no, my son loves uh, aliens and Terminator 2 and... Uh, Our daughter's a total murder hobo. <laughs> yes. It, uh, <laughs> when, when presented with uh, combat or the, uh, the potential for combat, my, my, our oldest, my son, tends to try to uh, slink his way around it stealthfully as... Uh, our youngest uh, our daughter, she likes to rush right into combat and mm-hmm. fight things. She, you know, doesn't hesitate to say that she takes her bow out and, and, and is ready to, to shoot. And she's got her dice in her hand ready to roll it. So, yeah, I posted a video I had uh, so far. I've only had her fight against like monster types. So no humanoid types to, I guess, kind of get around that a little bit. So she's fought ogres and stuff like that and big scary stuff, but she's a long time. I, I haven't held her back for much. She's a long time viewer of like never ending story where she got to know g- the Gamork and stuff like that. So she knows there are bad things that, that she can fight against and it's okay. That's kind of the line. I, I keep it at with her. Now with, with like a standard turn, 
obviously you have, you know, your standard action, you have your movement, you have a bonus action. Do you try to contain it within the confines of like rules as written? Or is it more kind of, you know, obliging them to allow any and all options that they're trying to do? Because I know kids definitely want to like try and do a million things at one time. Um, you know, it, it, it's situational, I think. Uh, I try to... I'm open to things. I'm not one of the rules as written person uh, kind of people. Yeah, this goes for even my other groups. I mean, but with, with the children in particular, if they can present to me a feasible reasoning for something, I, I, I allow it because I, I like to create the atmosphere of fun for them is, is what it's all about. So, And it's good, like, problem solving for them, too. Like, they have to come up with a reason why they're doing something and it really helps with their imagination and problem solving. What I've found is she may come up with something that's more intricate or would take more steps than she would be able to do in a turn. And I'll just simply tell her, okay, well, you can do this part this turn. And then when it comes around next term, after they get their turn, then you can finish up doing the rest of the stuff that you wanted. And that's helped her a lot with it. So one of the biggest things with Dungeons and Dragons or really any type of, you know, role-playing game is literally the aspect of role-playing and especially getting into character and even staying in character and, you know, interacting with the NPCs. Does it seem like more that you have to, you know, approach the wallflower and get them to interact or are they definitely more intrigued to ask, like, who's around? Who can I talk to? Both, uh, you know, there's, they're not super well at least for as far as my daughter goes uh this, this is uh one of her first campaigns my son has done some stuff like one-on-one stuff with me prior to this he is one of the he's one of the kind of kids he likes to explore so he doesn't hesitate when they're in town to walk around and, and see things and look for quests he's always searching uh he's he's the he's the one searching for gold all the time so yeah he wants to go in every <laughs> store and see what better items they might have we and- spent yeah we spent probably 20 minutes in one store as he looked over the uh the player's handbook <laughs> on, on all the adventuring gear trying to decide what he wanted and my daughter wanted to just go out and do the quest the, the first quest they had she was like can we please go kill some goblins <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have that one guy who wants to sit uh-huh. in shop for the whole time um for Talon, we started out playing a game called uh no thank you evil and it's really story story driven. So they kind of give you a couple modules. And at first I was having a hard time getting her to talk to people to get clues and stuff. But once she started figuring out that it would help her if she talked to these people, then it, it really took off. Um, and now she looks, looks to looks for people to find, to talk to, to find out why she's supposed to be going to and doing stuff. Basically she likes having those goals for what to do next in the, in the session. With DMing really any game, sometimes you kind of have to like pull some punches and maybe even like fudge some dice as a DM for really any player, adult, teenager. Do you possibly fudge some dice rolls in order to favor what your kids are doing in their game? Or is it more kind of like, no, some lessons need to be learned the hard way? Yeah, again, that's another situational thing. Um, What I like to do... Uh, personally, so like if if I'm forced to make some kind of saving throw, I always will roll that out on the table for like the dramatic feel, you know, because like they'll hunch over the table to see what dad's rolling and <laughs> it, and, and do that. Um, but uh, yeah, occasionally something might get flubbed if 
you know, I accidentally roll a 20 on something and, you know, the, it was uh, dire, dire times for them. I, you know, I can say that for me thus far, uh, I'm wishing that she would pull some punches. <laughs> <laughs> she's amazing with dice. I don't know how she does it, but she's she's done really well. She destroyed an ogre in, in no time, and I was pretty blown away. <laughs> I was like, how did you do that? <laughs> Normal parents hang up that 100% spelling test. Yours is the character sheet on the fridge. <laughs> right? Like, how does she keep... Like, when we were playing No Thank You Evil, it's a D6-based game. And she'd want to do some crazy stuff. And I'd be like, no, that's a little too crazy. And you can set the difficulty yourself. You say, okay, well, you're going to have to roll a five on a D six to be able to do that. And sure enough, she'd roll a five every stinking time. I'm like, well, okay, I guess you're doing that. then. <laughs> so yeah, she's, she, I haven't had to hold, pull punches yet, but I'm sure the more we get into it, the more I'll have to. What is the, oh. although there's, there is something to be said for letting them, letting her get hurt and letting her find out how to fix those problems when oh, they don't right, go yeah. right or don't go her way exactly. What is the uh, actual size of the party that you run uh, with your uh, with your kids, Chad? Um, so uh, the two kids and then uh, Ashley, my wife. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm there to keep things flowing. <laughs> yes. And uh, we've uh, because they want their pets, we've recently added a, a wolf to the party that is... Uh, Kind of a substitute NPC that uh, can help them out from time to time. Okay. And that, and that's actually what I was kind of like going to get to is saying that, you know, most players sometimes throughout games are going to find NPCs that they're going to be drawn to. They may immediately form a friendship and often care about them a lot more than their own character. Is, uh, is the wolf that NPC for her? Um, yeah, no, yeah. it's actually, yeah, it's a, yeah. <laughs> so my, my son had found the, uh, wolf in the, uh, mine, or in the, the first, uh, the first dungeons, right? Wasn't it? Roughly. Yeah, but they went the back. Goblins. Yeah. Uh, in the, um, Fandeveler campaign and, uh, yep. rolled some good animal handling. I, I knew prior to this, he, he wanted a wolf, but there happened to be one in, in the campaign right there and rolled some good animal handling, was able to convince me enough to, uh, allow this wolf to, you know, become their friend and ally. Um, for me, it's usually just Talon and I. I usually, while DMing, I also play a second character uh, that complements whatever she's playing. So if she's playing her, her Shira Barbarian, then I'm usually playing a healer of some sort so I can help her out in that way. Um, but I try to let most of the action and stuff that happens focus on her and her choices, and I'm just there as like a backup, basically. Now, with D&D, kind of having such a stigma in the past, but now becoming a bit more accepting, yet you're still going to have those parents that are a bit leery, you know, due to the fact that, you know, it once was deemed as Satan's game. I mean, how would you present D&D &D to parents that might be a little bit questionable about whatever the contents are and exactly, you know, not having to run their, their child straight to the church? Well, I'm uh, I'm on the our church council as vice president. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. So, so, but no, what I would, what I would tell is is uh, if if people were worried about the stigma, you know, and the stereotypes to it, that they're wrong. I would tell them, you know, it's it's not about that. It's it's about it's about 
expression of oneself. Um, you, these they get to be who they are. They get to be who they want to be. Do what they want to do. Um, you know, it, it's harmless. Like for, for you know, when we're playing with the kids, it's it's a family game. I've actually been asked to teach my daughter's Girl Scout troop how to play. Oh, that's um, great. So that one we will, will probably simplify because there's like 10 eight-year-old girls. Who've never played. <laughs> Who've so. never played. So um, we're, we're trying to figure that one out. But the, the leader approached me and asked if it was something that I would be interested in doing. And we're going to be doing a camp out this year and um, maybe running it like in the evening while we're camping out and stuff. So that should be a lot of fun. I know uh, my ex, my daughter's mom, she's very leery about stuff like that. So I've had to come to her with all the benefits of the game, basically. You know, I tell her, you know, this is a great place for her to explore her imagination and and try things out. It's giving her great problem-solving skills. She's working on her math skills and her reading skills at the same time. and, And I control the content. And I think that's important for a lot of parents to to learn is that the DM is the one that controls the content. So they they decide what kind of monsters they're fighting and they have it's not just willy nilly. They're not just going to start into, you know, devil worshiping, summoning and stuff like that if if the DM doesn't want it to go that direction. So and I mean, with the idea of different life skills and incorporating various uh, social aspects from role-playing in Dungeons and Dragons or really, again, any tabletop game. Have you noticed any growth personally, like from your kids from the beginning of, you know, starting to play the games with them? Well, I would say with our daughter, she's very shy. Like she does not, we have friends that have known her her whole life that she still won't talk to and she'll like run and hide. Um, but when we told her that, you know, we might be teaching her Girl Scouts the, how to play, like, she got so excited. She is all on board. She wants to teach them all how to play this game that she loves. Um, they are dressing up as their characters for Halloween. And that's so awesome. <laughs> our son, he's, he struggled with school and, and that kind of stuff. And he was presented this year with a, assignment to write a tall tale and he wrote it about his character and now he's writing a book he's writing his own campaign that he wants to run for our daughter's friends once they learn how to play and he says he wants to be a writer when he grows up now and it's because of this game it got him excited about that that's fantastic that's awesome i haven't seen a huge bunch with talon but i have with my daughter i'm sorry um, I have noticed that she, I mean, she loves this game so much that if she sees her dice or she sees a map of some sort, she's like, oh, can we play the game? Can we please play the game? <laughs> sure, let me bust it out. Uh, so so she, there's an excitement to it for her and, and it, it, her imagination, I mean, she's five, so it's growing exponentially every day. But just seeing the stuff that she does in game and comes up with is incredible for me. I'll ask the question to you guys. What's what's some of the coolest stuff that your kids have come up with? Oh, <laughs> do you have any? Um, they've outwitted me a few times where I just <laughs> didn't see it coming. And, and they, so they, I do, uh, I find myself often, you know, uh, keeping myself on my toes. Uh, 
can't think of a, I can't think of an example right off the top of my head. Yeah, like for for adult players, you kind of have an idea. Oh, if I present this to them, they're probably going to do either this or this or this. But with the kid, there's no predicting what mm-hmm. they're going to say. Yeah, I will say I will say one of the things that really got me wanting to play with my kids and and. You know, at the time thinking maybe they were just too young, uh, I didn't do it. But in my uh, my original group that I DM, my buddy, his his daughter comes and plays and, and she was probably 12, 13 at the time. Yeah, somewhere around there. And, and uh, you know, she's in high school now. I don't know how old she is, 16 now. 15, but anyways, uh, watching her play, she's actually, the, and it's all a bunch of, you know, older people my age and her, her 30s and 40s in this group. Well, and for a while, she was the only girl before I joined, Yeah, too. And, and she was. She was the only girl. But watching her play, she was the life of the party because, like... She comes up with some stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, it, like, the whole group, you know, is like, oh, my gosh, you know, and it, as well as myself, and, and, like, I'm struggling to keep up with her. And so I was like, I mean, you know, maybe I, maybe my kids could play this, and 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 that's kind of actually what what started me playing yeah. with with them. So our whole Waterdeep campaign was just about her character, pretty much. Basically, and the yes. shenanigans. Like she joined every guild secretly, <laughs> 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 and she she was a tabaxi. And well, the um, second the second she got into Waterdeep. Mind you, I, I gave them a, a, an entire cart of equipment that that they had. Uh, I did like kind of like a mm-hmm. uh, a one off that led up to it that I just made up. And the first thing she does when she gets into Waterdeep is she tries to uh, steal some uh, arrows from a vendor and get got caught. And that's how our Waterdeep campaign <laughs> kicked off. <laughs> So suddenly oh, she was in jail and she had to break out of jail and then she was being hunted. <laughs> so she painted like a stripe on her tail and was like, no, I'm not Cloud anymore. My name's Rain. I'm Cloud's twin sister. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for her too. Let me know if you find her. <laughs> when when you guys decided to do this, have you noticed any growth as a family because of it? Um. I mean, we're a pretty close family, but I, I will say much like, uh, kind of like you were saying earlier, um, boy, if, if I go wake them up out of bed right now and go, you guys want to play D&D, I mean, they'll be gun ho ready to go, run down the stairs. It'll be like Christmas Eve, you know, or Chris- Christmas <laughs> yeah. morning, I'm sorry. <laughs> Definitely. Like, they ask us all the time. Our daughter has, like, a full set of dice jewelry from RPG Yogi that she... Jeez. She puts it on before she, she uh, plays. And, um, yes. She's all about it. Do you try to avoid any subject matter when it comes to running the campaigns? Like, if something's going to be maybe too scary or possibly not age-appropriate... About the only thing I would restrict is probably any kind of sexual content, but that tends right. to not be in any of the in the, in the stuff on the official campaigns, anyways. Yeah, it's more player driven. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So, then I would be worried, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing where, like, I mean, like, there's no particular monsters that you would try to avoid, or no. If anything, I uh, put an emphasis on like scary or, or creepy because you know they really get into it, and so. You know, if I hunch over, you know, and like look at him and go, and the goblin turns and sees you as he snarls. You know, you can see like this, 
this fear in, in my daughter's eyes, like, oh, no. And, like, she really gets into it, though. Like, and, and they, they feed off of that, I think, uh, as far as role play goes. I think it's really empowering for the, for the kids, too, because I know, you know, for my daughter, for a while, she was scared of monsters. And, you know, Daddy, there's something under my bed and stuff like that. And when I put her in the table and say, okay, here's a monster in front of you, you can beat this monster. This monster, you can be stronger than this monster. And she's taken that to like into account in her everyday life she can now you know oh i don't need to worry about that monster under my desk i'll beat him (laughs) up you know so so i feel like it's been really empowering for her do you find it a lot easier when presenting the games to run it with purely theater of the mind or do you try to integrate a bit of a mixture with both role-playing of theater of the mind as well as maps and miniatures or even things like roll20.net um, I do I do uh, a little of both of theater of the mind and, and uh, maps and miniatures. They I have really a, enjoy their minis that they have, and yeah, and and they like it when I'll I'll draw something up on the. I have like a plexiglass board that's uh, gridded cloth underneath, and and so we can write and draw on there. Um, actually, recently just bought a extra television that we're going to. Uh, eventually build a frame for and uh, we're going to do some digital maps on there as well. Oh, nice. But uh, Ooh, certain times fun. it's just when theater of the mind is good enough then and that's what we do. So The very first time I kind of showed her a game I was using Roll Twenty, and I just I built I just did the most basic map I could think of. It was like a square room with a hallway and a square room with a hallway and a, a turn with a choice and then a big room with the with the treasure in it and she fell in love with that and then i had made a huge map for one of the campaigns that i was dming and once she got to sit down at the table with the map on the ground and she could move her her character around on it she fell in love with that so i still use theater of the mind for stuff like describing what's in the room and i get her to focus on me but she loves saying okay i want to go over this way now and she'll move her little mini and and go where she wants to go it's pretty fun as a uh, as a dungeon master would you find it better for kids who are you know, either learning to play or even those who might have a bit of experience, better to try and use more established material that has been published by Wizards of the Coast or even things that you could find on, you know, DMs Guild or Drive Through RPG. Or would you think it might be a little bit preferable to create your own and not so much pander, but maybe adapt a type of adventure that could possibly suit specifically more their interests or uh, what they're uh, more into? Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, starting with uh, something made up that's tailored to them, and then maybe going in. Uh, at least that's what we did when um, I first started. Before my daughter started playing, um, my son's really into Legends of Zelda, so we had uh, kind of like a Legends. Of, he was Link basically. And we had like a Legends of Zelda campaign that I literally just made up on the fly, just, you know, threw in elements from some, from, uh, some of the various games, uh, that he encountered, which then in turn caught my daughter's eye, who was watching brother play this and have fun and she wanted to play. So then before too long, it was, it was Link and Princess Zelda adventuring together <laughs> and awesome. we kind of wrapped that up. And then that's when we started the, uh, the uh, essentials kit and the fan devler. That's when they finally let me play too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can never turn, mom. Uh, yes. They needed a healer really bad. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was forced yeah. to be a cleric. 
who's better to play one to, you know, heal the boo-boos than mom? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for for me so far, it's just been a series of little one-shots. I'll basically put her in a location, tell her why she's doing what she's doing, and then she kind of goes from there. Um, I, we haven't had a chance really to dig into a deeper story, but that's something I really look forward to. How do you guys think you would approach character death if it happened? Oh, I don't know. Oh, my daughter- I haven't had a character die yet either. So <laughs> My daughter cried. How are you going to approach um, it? <laughs> I'd make a lot of threats that it better not ever happen. <laughs> our, our daughter cried when her hermit crab passed away. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was. Um, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know how I would have approached that. Like, this early on, I would probably make sure it didn't happen, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, down right. the road after they're acclimated enough, um, I have no problem with that. And actually, out of all my DMing, I've yet to kill a player, and I've tried pretty hard several times. And I, not that I seek to do it, because I, I'm all about, I th- you know, it's their story. But even in my other groups who've been, you know, we've been playing for six years, I've still yet to actually really get somebody. There's been really close calls, but my dice rolls aren't that good sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm ready to kill any of her characters. I think at the worst I would do is say that they're so hurt that they can't adventure anymore. And now we have to find a new a new character to go out and adventure. I don't think I'm quite brave enough to, to kill the character okay. yet. She's sleeping. Yeah. She must yeah. make a lot of threats, too. <laughs> Possibly. Do you guys have anything that you think has... That, that you use or that you think that other people could use that would make their experiences better or or be helpful for them? Um, I can tell you what, if, if, if anybody's, you know, listening and they, they have kids, but they don't play together as a family, you got to do it. It's, it's a blast. It just, it just is. And it, it's a good time to bond. And, and I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more time to do that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I recommend it to any of my friends that have kids. Like, try it. You'll be amazed at what they come up with. You may think, oh, they're not going to be able to keep up. They can do more than you think they can. Are there any other games aside from Dungeons & Dragons that you are either familiar with or maybe kind of intrigued to try with your kids that are uh, in the role-playing aspect? Um... We don't really play any yeah, other one. We're kind of like diehard 5e. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, mostly, I mean, I have the entire 5th edition collection, and, and uh, that's already financially, you know. <laughs> you can't afford another role-playing game. <laughs> yeah, we do have uh, various other board games, uh, just not uh, just not role-play games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, like I mentioned before, No Thank You Evil is a really good one. It's uh, it's got three different kind of kinds of character sheets: a really, really, really basic one, and then a medium, medium one, and then a more advanced character sheet, so they can kind of grow with it to get them into throwing dice and stuff. And she really enjoyed that at first, but once I kind of touched my toe into DMing for her a little bit, I was ready to just jump into D and D. So. <laughs> But that's the only one that I can think of. I know there's many more out there, but those 
that's what I've used. So, uh, Chad, uh, any uh, plugs for some of your work that you would like to uh, get up there? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I've been uh, been doing some stuff with Deep Dungeon Games. Um, I not too long ago uh, finished up a project doing a, a one shot campaign in uh, Deception Two, which is uh, to uh, Deep Dungeon Games. It's a uh, uh, carnival themed. It's it's thirty mini games that you can play uh, with a set of dice. Uh, you can use it on uh, almost any tabletop RPG. It's not tailored specifically to fifth edition or anything like that. It's just a, a regular set of dice, and uh, they're carnival themed games. And uh, he approached me and asked if I wanted to write a uh, a one shot uh, campaign to kind of supplement it to go on there. And uh, I did that, and that kind of opened the door to a, a few other projects. I recently. Just finished writing uh, another one shot for a uh, Kickstarter that just wrapped up for Deep Dungeon Games. It's um, this one is uh, it's kind of like the uh, knockoff Feywild kind of okay. thing. It's very whimsical. This this actually would be a good one for kids. Uh, it literally has uh, dancing bears and and talking bees. Uh, there's uh, there's even squirrels that you can befriend and ride them as mounts. And this, so it's oh, it's very awesome. different than what I'm what I'm usually doing. But uh, uh, if my campaign's not that good, this supplement that that he's that he's <laughs> that he's that he's done is, is fantastic because it's it adds uh, all kinds of new floral uh, to to uh, supplement your uh, your your games. Um, there's there's crops, there's trees. Um, oh, wow. There's okay. like baked goods, potions, and all this kind of stuff, and, and a lot of like kind of like herbology and and and, and whatnot. Um, it's actually it's a Harold's uh, herbology handbook of fantastic flora, I believe is is the long <laughs> title for yeah. awesome. So, if people are interested in that, what can they do? Uh, unfortunately, Kickstarter's ended, but if you follow Deep Dungeon Games on on Facebook or Instagram, um, after after the uh, Ever, after everything gets published, you'll still be able to go back in and purchase digital copies of the of the stuff. Um, and he has a fantastic store too. That uh, actually, one of the other things I helped them do is um, another Kickstarter that's recently wrapped up. And once once everything's printed and done uh, again, you'll be able to purchase these on their store. Is he's uh, did twelve decks of magic item cards that are tailored to each class for fifth oh, wow. edition. Okay. And uh, if anybody's ever played uh, the Diablo games, there's uh, I was in charge of creating set items for these decks. So they're like fifty something cards per deck, and I created you know four or five cards per deck that are uh, the the set items that get stronger for each piece of gear you collect out of those. Oh, nice! So, Ooh, I love that. That's pretty cool. Awesome. And what about you, Ashley? Um, I live on Instagram. <laughs> I, uh, pepperina underscore sparkle gym. And I am obsessed with painting minis and mostly dragons. So I post a lot of the things I do on with that. Um, every once in a while, I'll go live and do some tips um, and just funny memes and whatever. I I bake, so I take pictures with dragons and cupcakes, and um, I'll probably be. Po- I'm baking a lot this week, so I'll probably be posting a lot of those. I can I can attest that her paint streams are pretty fun to watch and pretty interactive. 
Uh, she does a great job of talking to people and answering questions and stuff like that. And she's very skilled at what she does. Her paint jobs are incredible. And there's something I, I try to emulate. Oh, <laughs> um, Chad, where can people find you uh, online? At DM underscore Zion, Z-I-U-N-N. Drew, do we have anything else? No, I, I think we're uh, we're pretty much good. So we can, you know, wrap up this and put a bow on it. And, uh, you know, make sure that everyone catches us next week when we continue our adventures in Talcur. And, you know, make sure to subscribe, download, tell all your friends. And always remember to definitely, you know, keep those dice handy. And, you know, spread the love to the little ones around. They might want to play. Thank you for weathering the storm with us. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CritStormCast. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and please recommend us to your friends. Look to the horizon for more Crit Storms. <laughs>